Welcome to Unstable Topics, a fast-paced, jam-packed, unhinged bestie podcast filled with facts, reacts, and made-up games in between. We're your hosts, Sarah and Maggie, and we're excited for you to join our best friend hangout, where we surprise one another with things we find interesting or hilarious or just to see how the other will react. Our friendship might be totally stable, but you never know what your bestie might throw your way to knock you off your game. So come shake things up, learn something new, and laugh along with us. This is Unstable Topics. Please hold for an important message. Hey, Maggie, what you got in your hand? Oh, I have an Unstable Topics sticker. How do I get one of those? Well, we ordered these to share with all of our friends who are following along the podcast. So you can just shoot us an email with a screenshot of you following Unstable Topics on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, and we will send you a sticker in the mail. Stop it, snail mail? Snail mail with a sticker. Can you believe it? For free. I love this so much. So I'm going to go right now and subscribe to our podcast, and I'm also going to give us a review. Oh my gosh, Sarah, if you give a review and send us a picture of that review, we will write you a review of your review and include it in a handwritten letter with the sticker in the snail mail. This is fantastic. This might be the deal of the century. End of message. Your episode of Unstable Topics will be starting in 3, 2, 1, fight. Hey, bestie. Hey, bestie. Okay. So I've been really excited to bring this up during Hey, Bestie segment. Uh, I was on set as a first AD last week for our good friend, Andrew Plock, a project he was directing. And a crew member, Ricky, came up to me and handed me this book. It is The Mystery of the Silent Nightingale. And he said, I saw this. And I thought it would make good fodder for your podcast. But to be honest, I have not read this book. Um, It's really thin, though. I appreciate the gesture of it being like something you can talk about because it did inspire me. It got me thinking about, in my youth, my favorite books of Goosebumps. Did you read the Goosebumps series? No. What? I was too scared. Really? My brother and my cousin, I distinctly remember being at my cousin's house and her having the Goosebumps and my brother being like, I'm going to read the Goosebumps and me being like, Know thyself. I will not be reading that. That's bold. I love the Goosebumps series, even though I, Sarah, now I'm won't watch horror films for the most part. I loved it, and they terrified me, and I did get scared, but I kept going back. Like even now, reading them, they would you'd go back. I would go back and read them, and they would still terrify me. You also like Twilight Zone. I do, and they're very adjacent because they're worlds, but like weird. Yeah, Goosebumps is like the the gateway book to watching Twilight Zone, I feel like. And you like Black Mirror too, right? I do like Black Mirror. So you like that creepy stuff. I do like creepy. Creepy and weird, but not horror. I yeah. I walked out of the last big horror thing I saw was the remake of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And I saw that in theater. I thought it was a good idea to do. I don't know. And I walked out because it was too much. It terrified me. It terrified me. I don't, I get too, I was thinking about this the other day, like, because I was watching The Traders, like the reality show where they have to do challenges. And I was like, I don't think I could do any of these challenges because in my head, I 
I go like 10 steps ahead to a really unrealistic place. But I'm, then I'm like, I don't know, this is a really weird situation. So anything's possible. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think I could do any of those things. I don't like to watch it. I don't like the scary. I read I read Nancy Drew books and then I would have to run upstairs because it was so suspenseful. I didn't Nancy read. Drew. I didn't read Nancy Drew. But to go back to this show, The Traitors, I've never watched it. Yeah. What is The Traitors? OK, you need to watch it. Okay. I'm watching it because Kyle came home and said, I found a reality show that I like to watch. And I said, whatever it is, I am in because I cannot get this man to watch any of my trashy reality shows. And the fact that he was like, I like it. I want to watch it. And he had already watched like the first three episodes. So he sat with me. I watched, got caught up. It was such a role reversal. And we're invested. We haven't actually watched. I know how it ends because I listened to a podcast to know how it ends. That's deep. And he knows I know how it ends. And now that we're on the last episode, which we're going to watch tonight, I'm like, you are going to flip out when you know how this ends. You're going to flip out. You still haven't told me what the show is about. You've told me simply you're watching it and why you're watching yeah, it. I just wanted to sell it first with my why. You know, always start with why. Sure. The how and the what. Uh, it's a show they take half of the people in this big house in Scotland are reality show villains, like people that are bad guys in reality show. The other half are normies, like you and me. Like we could get on this show. Oh my gosh. Except for I could not do any of the challenges. Okay. They compete to like get money into the pot. And at the end, th so then they separate, the guy goes around, he taps three people to be villain or to be traitors Do and they every night murder a faithful and the faithfuls are everyone else and the faithfuls have to try and figure out who the traitors are and they vote someone out every night so they vote someone out if it's a faithful they lose another faithful at the end if it's all faithfuls they get to split the money if there's traitors the traitors get the money so like the, if there's even one traitor amongst them the traitor gets all the money but if there's all faithfuls they all get to split the money so does the trader change nightly or no. the traders are the ones preset at the beginning of the show we played this game in elementary school you did and i was joking when they went around who is it it's the guy alan scottish actor oh, i know who you're talking about i know who you're talking about yes yes i yes. forget his last name but he so i was like it'll be so funny if he goes around and just like heads up seven up taps the traders and that's exactly what he does oh my gosh he has he puts blindfolds on everyone and then walks around a circle and just taps them on the shoulder <laughs> to make them traders and i was like i love this this is the best television in elementary school when we would play heads up seven up i would always peek i would like because you know you put your head down on your desk with your eyes and your arms, I would always be like looking out in the bottom so I could see someone's shoes or like what their pants were. I'm like, I know. You you and every other child in the classroom were doing the exact same. Everyone's a cheater. This was unique and it's because I read Goosebumps books and I knew what to do. Maggie, are you ready for your fact? I am. According to a legend in Iceland, if you didn't get new clothes on Christmas, you would be eaten by a giant cat. A giant cat? Giant cat. Like a tiger? Well, I thought the same thing, but it's in Iceland. So it there's no tigers or lions in Iceland that we know of. So just like a house cat, but I would huge. assume like a giant house cat, yes. I have a theory on where this legend came from. Oh, okay. Here's my theory. A mom got her kids like new clothes. 
and they were ungrateful. They were like, I don't want this. I wanted a race car or I wanted a sled. And she said she was, she had had it, you know, here she is making Christmas magical. She's been making cinnamon rolls from scratch. She's decorated. She thought about what they needed and got it for them. And they were just so ungrateful. And she said, well, do you know why I got you clothes? Because I don't want you to get eaten. And they're like, by what? And then she glanced out the window and there was like a cat walking by. And she said, by a giant cat, a giant cat that eats kids who don't get clothes for Christmas. So you're welcome. You're welcome from saving your life from a giant cat. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. That's the origin story. hundred percent. I cannot think of another way that story would come to life. No. And this is so it to be a legend. It's I would assume a legend comes about like after 50 years. Maybe a hundred years, right? Don't you think? Yeah, I think it takes time. A legend has to marinate. Marinate. So again, this is like back in the day where even getting clothes, the mother had to make. So the mother made clothes that the children were then ungrateful for. And I applaud this mother. I applaud her and I respect her and I tip my hat to her because what a genius idea. She, genius idea and- and I would have done the same thing. In fact, I might do the same what, thing. What would it be? Whatever my children aren't happy that I get them, I might start saying, well, do you know why? Because I just don't want you to get eaten by a giant cat. Because <laughs> they're already afraid of cats because we don't have cats. So when they see that, and Kyle, husband, is allergic to cats. Oh. And so when he sees cats, he's like, don't touch it. And so now they think that like this little alley cat that walks behind our house, they're like, ah, go inside. There's a cat. And again, this is a legend. Don't DM us if you know the actual origin story. So don't DM DM. I can't say what I want to say because I'm so flustered. Cat's got my tongue. <laughs> that was good. No, look, we don't know the original origin story for this. So if you know it, fantastic. Don't ruin this bubble for us. I don't think there is a different story than what we've already said. No. I don't think that we would get any DMs about it because I think that this is the story. Maggie, are you ready to react? I am. So we just talked about how in Iceland there's this legend, like a superstition, if you will, that if you don't get new clothes, you're going to be eaten by a giant cat. Is there a superstition that you have that you do in order to prevent something from happening? Yeah, that's a good question. I I feel like I have a lot of things that I I don't know. I don't know if I do anything to prevent anything from happening. I do things that I think are going to like make good things happen and they don't necessarily they haven't necessarily worked, but I do them, you know? Like what? Like uh like um if I buy a lottery ticket or something, I tell myself don't look at it. Don't look at it. You can't look at it. I say, don't look at it at all. Just put it away. Don't look at it. And so far that hasn't won me billions of dollars or millions, but it's something that I, maybe I'll start looking at it. This is interesting. So you don't look at it until the numbers come up, like until you buy the ticket and you put it away and then the lottery happens and then you can look at the ticket. Right. Because I'm like, if I look at it, then I'll be thinking about that. Maybe you know? that's what you need but to so, do. You do need to look at it so you can think about the numbers. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'm glad we talked about this big cat eating children because otherwise I never would have thought about 
this incredible superstition that I have. <laughs> That's interesting. I, I don't think I have others, though. I know, like, some people are like, oh, I have to, you know, kiss my family goodbye or, you know, I don't know. But yours is just the lottery ticket. I'm trying to think. I do touch the outside of an airplane. Like, when you know you're boarding an airplane, I touch oh. the outside, like, before you go in, like, where the door is. I touch the outside of the airplane. It's like, give it give it good energy yeah. or just to yeah, say, like, like it's gonna, I'm here. It's going to be okay. I touch the outside of the airplane. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. What else do I do? I do a lot of kooky things. My mother told me when I was a little girl, and something I just remembered, that if you see a rocking chair and it's not occupied, you are not supposed to rock it. It's <gasps> supposed to be bad luck if you rock a rocking chair and there's no one in it, like it stirs a spirit or something. But to this day, I will not rock a rocking chair if there's no one in it. Oh my gosh, I have stirred so many spirits in my life. But your house is haunted. I know. I That made me think of something else that I heard. Uh, someone I used to work with said, you never put your purse on the ground. Yes, I've heard that too. then money flies out of it or, you know. So I, that's something I started doing. And then splitting poles. Like Mm-mm. if you're walking and there's like a pole or like in a door frame, you never split it. So if you're walking with someone, you have to go through the same side. Oh, I am now going to start doing that. It, that is going to be buried in my mind for the rest of time. And I will forever walk through the same door as somebody else. I will never split a pole. Jack be nimble, Jack be quick, Jack be a celebrity the gals can think of quick. It's time for You Don't Know Jack, where Sarah and Maggie share some facts about a celebrity named Jack and try to guess who it is. I'm very excited about this one, Sarah. Are you ready? I am ready. This Jack is known for being the CEO and spokesman for a well-known restaurant chain, He took over as the savvy, no-nonsense face of the company in 1994 after a food contamination outbreak linked to the restaurant almost bankrupted the business. In his first commercial appearance, this jack blew up the board of directors and promised the company was in better hands, and it worked. This jack and his restaurant chain are still around and a favorite stop for late-night tacos and burgers. Sarah, who is this jack? This Jack is someone my husband has been trying to get me to do ever since we started doing Jack games, and that is Jack in the Box. Correct. Legal name Jack Box, but he is the CEO of Jack in the Box, the restaurant food chain. Yes. Uh, When I was writing my Jack off last night, my husband again begged me to do Jack in the Box as one of the jacks and I did not and I'm and I'm glad at the beginning of this um do you know jack I'm like oh oh I don't this is a real person I don't I don't know restaurants I don't know restaurants and then I'm like oh no I do I do know restaurants <laughs> I do know I do know you can't tell Jamie that we recorded this cuz he has to hear it and play along cuz I imagine him listening to this in his car and being like wait a second wait a second <laughs> it's it's jackbox <laughs> Uh, so fun fact about Jack in the Box, my aunt, Mary Beth, worked for Jack in the Box. She worked for Jack in the Box for decades. And there's a picture of me when I traveled. My family took a vacation to Texas. and I was like sixth grade, seventh grade. And I'm standing in the front yard of my grandmother's house, of Nana's house. And she is in a big Jack in the Box French fry 
costume and my hand is like up next to it so proud and there's this picture of me standing there smiling and I think it just rained and it's fantastic for years she would give us jack-in-the-box uh you remember when the antenna ornaments were really big yep so she would give us those and she would also give us jack head ornaments that you would hang on your tree and we still have them it's fantastic. You have to find that picture. I love oh, it. Hands down. I'll give you that picture. It was funny when I was, so I had known about him like coming to the stage because of this bad time for the business, right? Like mm-hmm. the food contamination mm-hmm. and how he really restored faith in Jack in the Box as this character. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was interesting. There's so much lore around him too. Like one of the fun things I found out is that he went to Ball State. That's funny because of his head. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, in 1996, they ran a virtual c- campaign like he ran for president against Bill Clinton, Bob Dole, and Dogbert, and he won by a landslide. Like he was the most popular. He's an icon. Truly. He is an icon. He is legitimately an icon. My husband, whenever the team wins, he works for North Texas or whatever, and whenever they win a game, he always like, hey, you want to go get victory tacos? And victory tacos are always jack-in-the-box tacos because the games are usually over late at night. Jack in the Box is one of the few restaurants that's over open late. So victory tacos. My sister-in-law always says like $100. That's 200 Jack in the Box tacos. I personally have never even had a Jack in the Box taco. So I'm very weirded out by what? Jack in the Box. They're just deep fried tacos. Yeah. Someone who eats a garbage plate. You eat a garbage plate. I mean, I will eat anything. It tells me what it is. It's like, this is garbage and I will consume it. But this is like, this is a taco? Yeah, it's a deep fried taco. It has a shell. There's meat inside. There's lettuce and cheese. That's that's a taco. Those are the makings of a taco. You know what, Maggie? We are going to go to a Jack in the Box and we're going to film it and we're going to order you a taco and you're going to eat it and you're like, oh, I get it. This is fair because about five years ago, I took you to Whataburger to have a honey butter chicken biscuit. So I will do this. I accept the challenge and I will just clear my schedule for the rest of the day. Well, that sure was fun. Thanks for playing You Don't Know Jack, brought to you by the most popular boy name in Hollywood. Maggie, are you ready for your fact? I am. Up until the 17th century, men did not wear underwear at all. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, can you vocalize the face? Can you put sound to the face that you're making right now? Uh, like that? Would you say that's the face? Yep. Uh, that's it. They just wore pants then, right? Just free balling all over. I guess. Why? This is a question, actually. I'm curious your answer. Because the other day, my daughter said, Mom, why do we wear underwear? What would you say to that as a parent? Um, why do we wear underwear to protect your body, to protect your body parts? But it's not like armor. It's no. just like. I guess it's a privacy thing. Like if you're wearing a dress. I genuinely was like, why do we wear underpants? Like, why do we wear underwear? I mean, for like, if you're wearing a dress, that makes sense. But like. I wouldn't want like, to wear jeans without underwear. No, no nothing with a zipper. I don't think I would want to wear anything without undergarments. But why? Why do we wear underwear? Under I, why? You know, Maggie, I don't I don't think I have like 
an actual answer as to why. When Well, we know in the 17th century, men started wearing it. So it makes me wonder, right. were women not wearing it too? And so men started wearing it and then women started wearing it? Because Well, I women also, though, had corsets. Yeah. Women, I feel like, always had to have many undergarments, mm. right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But what happened in the 17th century that they were like, you know what we got to start doing? Covering ourselves underneath our covers of ourselves. I do think, I bet it was because men's pants changed. If I had to put mm-hmm. money on it, I bet it's because because there was like buttons, right? It was always buttons. And I feel like there were buttons on the sides. They weren't up the middle. I bet pants changed in the 17th yeah. century. And men were like, mm, we need to wear something underneath this. Well, it's funny, though, because when you said it, I had this like visceral reaction of that's disgusting. And then I was like, why is it disgusting? Or, like we've been conditioned since the 17th century to be like, you cannot go out. You cannot do anything without underwear. Here's a follow-up. I call them underpants a lot. Yeah. Um, and and I've gotten a lot of slack, flack, flack for calling them underpants. Why? Because Kyle is like, the, they're underwear, not underpants. And I'm like, but they they are under my pants. So here's the thing, though. If you really want to break it down, underpants makes more sense because you're like, underwear? Under my pants. Exactly. That's, I say both, but I get underpants is much more, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Much more accurate. Specific. It's an accurate yeah. description yeah. of what you're doing. Yeah. Okay. So we just, the fact we talked about is that men started to wear underwear back in the 19th, in the 17th century. In your opinion, what's something men should start wearing? Now, I think they should wear necklaces that have a nice name on it. You know, like the name of their beloved. (laughs) Trying to think anything else that like that they don't wear already typically or. Here's mine. Hmm. Here, here. I want to give you something. You You, you tell me. Socks. Men need to wear socks. Because I feel like more often than not, men do not wear socks with shoes and tennis shoes. Or if they do wear socks, they're wearing socks with sandals. Maybe they just need an education on socks and why socks are important. Because maybe it's just a pet peeve of mine. My husband wears his tennis shoes all the time without socks. And I'm like, that is disgusting. That is disgusting. And why do we wear socks? So you don't get athlete's foot because your foot sweats and the bacteria on your foot goes to the sock and then you wash the sock. There is such a case for sock wearing, yes. more of a case for sock wearing than underwear wearing. Mm. And yet more people are rebelling against socks than underwear. A sock is the underwear of the foot. It is. It's underfoot. Under shoe. Underwear? Under shoe. Thank you so much for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode, we would love a review, subscribe, or for you to share this with a friend you think would like it. Or all three of those things. You can do all three and make our day and help us grow. If longer than three minute podcast is too much for you, you can always catch an abbreviated version of our show over on Jam by texting unstable topics to 552266. And you can catch more of our antics on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok under the username The Monthly Junk or at themonthlyjunk.com. Bye. Peace. Peace.